Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, we've got a packed show for you this week. Um, the Scotland squad was announced earlier today, so we've got that to go through. We've got lots of news to catch up on. Um, as we get closer to the Six Nations, it's uh, it always starts to, to ramp up with the news cycle. Uh, joining me to wade through all of that, we have Johnny McGinty. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, how are we doing? We've got Craig Manson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, all. How are we doing? Uh, and we also have John Anderson. Good evening, John. Good evening, Cammy, and good evening, everyone that's listening. I was just thinking, John, I was looking at the opening credits there that we do on the live podcast, and there was a photo of me, you, and Ian. Yes. And that was simpler times. That was two years ago. I know. That trip right. to I, sail. I, I, yeah, round about now, actually, wasn't it? It was two years ago. It was just. To the most frightening shopping centre I've ever been to in my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh. I mean, maybe, maybe in time, in future times, hopefully with maybe some restrictions starting to ease up, perhaps there will be um, sail away part two, which might we might end up somewhere else. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We have got our live podcast coming up on the nineteenth of March um, at the Biscuit Factory in Leith. If you go to the blog scottishrugbyblog.co.uk and you find uh, the most the latest podcast post. We'll put a link on there. So tickets are available. Um, it's a watch party for the last weekend of the Six Nations. We'll be there live podcasting. There's going to be live music. We understand there will be food there from Proper Pioneer, which is WP Nell's uh, catering company. Um, so that'll be lots of fun. We're looking forward to that. Um, we'll start with the news, shall we? Do you want to talk about, George? Should we talk about... Um, we didn't cover the retirement last week, did we, Craig? The, I think it was announced on Thursday. Um, George Taylor retired, having to retire early from. No, Edinburgh. we didn't. We didn't talk about him at all, unfortunately. But um, yeah, because I, I think it's 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 always very, very difficult when um, when players have to retire early, um, especially players who um, seem to have a, a, a good career ahead of them. Um, and so it's uh, um, a lot of us are, are fairly disappointed and, and sad to see him retiring early. Um, he was going to become a, a fairly strong. Um, he was a strong Edinburgh player, and uh, and and all power to him. And I hope his future goes well. Hope he's got a future, and I hope he's still involved in rugby somehow. Yeah, it's worrying, I suppose, Johnny as well. It's another another player down with, you know, a head unable to come back after a head injury, though. Yeah, um, I'll be very surprised if he's the last one. To be to be perfectly honest, um, there was the other one, obviously, um, slightly less auspicious circumstances this weekend, with that guy who was a prop for Saracens just settling for three million quid because they went on a team bonding trip and Richard Barrington hit him in the head with a fire extinguisher. Um, and so now he's been forced to retire as well. Um, I think more more that are more game related are probably incoming. I would think. Yeah, yeah. Um, other bits of news, John. A bit of Glasgow news. Um, Kenny um, Murray has left as Glasgow's defence coach. Yes. Some people say he left a long time ago. <laughs> Some would say he left with immediate effect after the weekend. Um, so he's he's <laughs> off to be the the in charge of interim rugby, I think. Or what is it? Transitional play, rugby. Play, tra- player transition. Uh, player transition. So it's, it's also so if you read the news, uh, Royce, it seems like Kenny Murray has it, he seems to have been congratulated for his role with Glasgow by being given about forty different people's jobs. <laughs> so he's now under twenties head coach. Because apparently under this new the elite development program that Jim Malander has overseen, the review, they've decided that having the player transition um, guy who's in charge of all that also be the head coach of the 20s. So to aid that transition through, he was going to be working with, uh, there was a newly appointed head of the 18s and 19s. So yeah, he's got that. He's also got remit for the Exiles program. So uh Scout, scouting players, players abroad, um, broadening the Scottish um, player pool. Um, that's under his remit as well. Um, no mention of defence, though, which, I mean, for those of us that watched the weekend, probably not a bad thing. Pete Murchie's stepping up, though, Johnny. I under- yes. understand. Um, there's no word yet on 
what, what was Pete Murchie doing beforehand? Was he just skills? I think he was just skills, yeah, if I remember rightly. Um, he's kind of, kind of dabbled in bits and pieces. Yeah, because um, he, he was at Ayrshire Bulls. Pete Murchie, was he not? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Kelly Brown went back down south and he stepped in. Um, I've still never been entirely sure what a skills coach got, does, but whatever it is, that's what he was doing. It's and like the football manager. when when you, so you know, like in football manager, when you've got your coaches and you've got your specialist coaches and you've got your generic coaches that you need to fill out the gaps to make sure everybody's getting enough coaching. That's, what, that's a skills coach. I just assumed it was like, we want to give this person a job, so we've made one up. <laughs> even more cynical from Cam. We want to bring, Greg Townsend wanted to bring Mike Blair onto the, you know, the, the Scotland setup. He wasn't experienced enough to have a big job, so have your skills coach. For a while, Bolshaw, was he, he was either England skill coach or he was a premiership skill coach. And like, he doesn't have that many skills. <laughs> light out jumping was his always his skill and like he doesn't really have any others you mean in borthwick not oh oh borthwick sorry yeah yeah because i was i was like i mean Bolshaw was not the worst player in the world <laughs> like, <laughs> borthwick i would I get, agree with i get them mixed up but yeah no, it was yeah. Borthwick. i think in mean, one's one's a fleet foot fullback the other's a <laughs> very, very crooked nosed second row. Easy to mistake. I know. I know in your, in your line of work, Johnny. I know those are the same thing. So, yeah. I just try. I try to do them fifty-fifty. And um, the other bit of news, which is, uh, this is quite exciting. I think we've we've got a Scottish referee who's going to be refereeing Six Nations game. I mean, it's Mike Adamson, Craig, but you know. <laughs> Let's you know it's been how I'm how standing, long? I'm standing in solidarity with Mike Adamson. I'm standing, I'm gonna stand up and see all, I like, of, I all like, of I the like rest. Mike Adam, I like all Mike Adamson. I think it's a raw deal. I agree with you. I'm having I'm having no nothing said against him because I'm fed up of everyone, all the all the English, all the Welsh, all the Irish moaning like I almost thought it was. I almost thought it was Patreon time. Um, uh, uh, moaning about him, I'm absolutely standing by him and say, you know, him and uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that we're not seeing Holly Davidson um, yep. as a, a, you know, I know she's been she's going to be involved in TMOs and and uh, assistant referees, etc. Um, but I think it's uh, um, even. Um, Oh goodness, I've forgotten the girl's name, and I, I apologise for that. But the, the English ref, Sarah Cox, you know, we've not even got her involved, and I think it's about time we had that. So, um, you know, they're doing the we'll under twenty. I think all the, I think pretty much it's there's a really heavy female <clears> presence in the under twenty. So Holly Davidson's, I think, going to be um, refereeing a few games, and so is Sarah Cox. But I agree with you. I think the time is now for we've got female referees in the RC in the Premiership. It's so it's time just to to accept that that's going to be part and parcel of the Six Nations now as well. And and to be perfectly honest, if you, if if, we, if we're going to level the um, the accusations that a lot of people say about Mike Adam, I'll, you know, that with Holly Davidson, that's for sure. Yeah, so I don't very, I, very good ref. I think Mike Adamson's a very decent referee. To be honest, I know, yeah. you know everyone kind of. I think you know you're in the bubble of the Pro 14 URC or whatever it you know. It has been in the past when Mike Adamson gets a raw deal. He gets a raw deal, like you say, Craig, mainly from the other nations. I actually think he communicates fairly well. I think his main problem is that as soon as someone pointed out that he looked like Carl Pilkington, I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't shift that image from my mind. I think we've struck quite lucky with our refs for the Six Nations, to be yeah. honest. Who have we got? We haven't got any French referees, have we, this time around? No, no, no French. Got, uh, Ben O'Keefe, Nick Berry, Carol Dixon, which I'm a bit sketchy about, uh, Luke Pierce. Wayne Barnes. Oh, Wayne Barnes for the Ireland game at the end, yeah. Because it's always Wayne Barnes against Ireland for reasons he knows, unknown. He knows our players' names now, and that's the key thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, after this announcement, he might not know after ah, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most of the coaching staff knew some of the players' names for this announcement. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Keith that gives me the gives me the GBs. Like I, I I just I feel like we never really um the he always has this thing with the stronger side and that's usually I, the more physically dominant in the scrum and we've got him for England and I fear we may suffer badly. There. I have, well having said that, O'Keefe and Barry are both uh New Zealand, right? 
Uh, Barry's Australia, but O'Keefe's New Zealand. Yeah. 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 But the, I think, especially O'Keefe, I think the way he referees the breakdown often suits us. The, I think the breakdown will suit us. My concern would be that we get penalised in and share life in the scrum and we just get marched back. Yeah, but that's you know, that's not the referee's fault, is it? If our scrum's rubbish. Well, if we're, if we're looking at the, Gla- the Glasgow... The Excuse Glasgow, me. Uh, no, whoa, 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 whoa. We agreed. <laughs> Patreon only. None of your stuff, Manson. No. <laughs> he started it, sir. Yeah, exactly, Cam. <laughs> Tell him off. He's at it. Behave. Yeah, what are you? I don't know what you're talking about. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. It's blooming. Yeah, last yeah. last bit before we got the main squad. The seventh squad was announced as well. A couple of nice surprises in there. Well, not surprises, I suppose, but a couple of um, Super Six. I got Kaleem Barreto, um, Harvey Elms as well, and Jacob Henry, uh, Grant Hughes, Lee Jones is back. But it's it's good, Craig, I think, to see kind of the form of the players that have been in really good form in the Super Six getting that reward. Yeah, there's quite a quite a lot of new caps there. Um, obviously, Kaleem was, was involved last year, um, but um, only only got a couple of caps. So um, he's he, he's a great sevens player. He, he comes across as a great sevens player and a great open rugby player. So, um, but yeah, get, I think because Pete Horn, George Horn. Um, okay, I'm only talking about the guys that I know from our our club, but. Um, uh, they all got a great amount out of the um, out of sevens, um, and it's it's it, it can it can be corresponded, especially you know for example, I was listening to Eddie Jones today talking about the England um, players that came that have had a bit of international work and they've gone back to their, club, their clubs and they've, they've been looking far far you know far stronger, and I think that's the same thing with the sevens. A lot of players go away and they make themselves in the seven circuit, and then they come back to their clubs, and then all of a sudden they've got a Scotland shirt on their back, you know, an international 15s jersey. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, we and then you look at the squad announcement, and we'll go straight into it. Um, Kyle Rowe, who's come from, you know, he's former Scottish sevens international, has gone, you know, had to go away and find playing time elsewhere. Is Done very well for himself, and now finds himself with a cap. And it's the, you know, as thank you for see see kayak fifty nine degrees north on YouTube said, can I congratulate Cami on getting Tuni Tumbola mentioned on BBC Radio Scotland? I can tell you were desperate to say it. Um, I didn't predict this though. I thought we'd have one Houdat selection. <laughs> I should have known better of Gregor Townsend. We've got so. In terms of the, the 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 unknowns, there is Ben White, scrum half for London Irish. We've got Kyle Rowe, winger for London Irish, and then um, in the back row, there is where's his name? Andy Christie, who plays for Saracens. Johnny, nobody saw that. I don't think anybody would have predicted those, unless you're somebody that just sits all day and consumes nothing but rug- wall-to-wall rugby could have predicted any of those three names appearing today. No. I, yeah, I don't think even if you are a person who consumes rugby non-stop that you would have predicted that um kyle Rowe has been kind of picking up a bit of stock over the last six weeks or so he was probably the least surprising of the three of them but the other two nah <laughs> I, don't th- I don't i don't know how you would have ever guessed that i mean it's so far left of left field isn't it it's like you know basically alaska <laughs> Andy Andy Christie doesn't even have a Wikipedia page for me to fiddle with. That he does have his, some lovely, lovely videos on Twitter of him oh. FaceTime with his family. If you haven't seen them, they're on the Scotland Twitter now as well. It's great. It's so nice. He's, like, he's just basically done a little thread of him telling his family one at a time that he's in the Scotland squad. And yeah. It's, obviously, I think the first one was like his gran. And she, I was just saying. The grandparents that had never used FaceTime before, they were my favourite. <laughs> it's always a classic of the genre. <laughs> um, but having said that, he, you know, he, I think Mark McCall has said today, who's obviously Saracen's director of rugby, has spoken really highly of him. Um, so it sounds like, although I think, you know, he's, he's come through the Scottish, not the systems, he's come through the Exile programme. I think he has played for the, under, I want to see the under 16s. I think it was 16s and 17s, yeah. Yeah. Um, K- 
Kyle Rowe has beaten 3.9 defenders per game in the Premier Premier Rugby this season. Does anybody know the back? Has anyone seen the stat for this? The only other back in the Premiership to hit more than that? In terms of the average number of defenders beaten per game? Duhan. It was Duhan with 4.9. Yes. So we've got the top two in terms of the top two kind of wingers in terms of defenders beaten, which is no, no nothing. Ben White is the. I mean, he, Craig, he played against Ember this weekend. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, <laughs> did you um, pay your five hundred though? <laughs> I, I I didn't. I pay enough money to Edinburgh rugby, um, as far as I'm concerned, and I think the uh, I think it's uh, as a as a season ticket holder, I, 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 I I'm going to give the whole. Do you know who I am? I think they should season ticket shoulders should automatically have got a live stream for that, but that's a different story altogether. Um, I, yeah, I think, and and I guess it's. Uh, uh, I was probably going to talk about this in hands of the rock, and I probably will go over it because I'm really quite raging about it. To be perfectly honest, um, we've we've invested a lot of money in scrum halves, um, and the SRU have invested a lot of money in scrum halves, and. Uh, we have three incredibly, or have had three incredibly good scrum halves at Glasgow. Um, and whether it's Danny Wilson, whether it's Glasgow, whether it's the SRU, whoever it is, has ruined or virtually ruined two of them um, with, with not giving them game time. Because Dobie doesn't get game time. George Horn gets no game time. It's very much all Ali Price at this moment in Dobie's time. He's 18, though. I mean, to say he's been ruined by not getting game saying, time. I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, but, but John, 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 the John Hatton, right about George Horn, though. George, Craig's, Craig's right George about George Horn. had no form this season. That's that's fair. Yeah, he doesn't suit Danny Wilson. Because he's getting no plan. game time. Yeah, it, of course no he is. He doesn't suit Danny Wilson's. He should have left. You're absolutely right. I don't disagree with that in the slightest. But to bring Jamie Dobie into it at age 18, who but has Jamie been Dobie getting game time. But Jamie Dobie was in the Scotland squad last season, uh, last year, and he's not in it now. But Ben Velcott's on the scene now. He's a more experienced, more more talented player who's obviously doing well at Edinburgh. People fall out of squads. He's eighteen. You can't. This is the exact that. conversation we had in autumn when everyone said, "Why is Jamie Dobie in the squad and not Ben Velikot?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can't possibly no, I accept, say Velikot. I accept no, I'm not saying ruin's probably wrong the wrong word for Jamie Dobie. The problem you have is that is that we have these fantastic we've had to go out and buy a buy a in a scrum half. Now, okay, fair enough, he's a Scots qualified scrum half and he's got a speed and and uh, and and he's been on the the horizon for some time for, for Scotland as Ben Velicott. He came up, he didn't play very many games, so I didn't expect him to be in the Autumn Nations. I expected him to be somewhere around it for the Six Nations because of the way he's been playing this season. But he's been given a huge amount of game time. Now, OK, Charlie Sheila isn't getting a huge amount of game time and he's, and he's probably in the same same bracket as Jamie Dobie as in he's quite young, so he's, he's, he's needing experience. But you would expect him to get that experience. And I don't, you know, they've taken George Horn, as far as I'm concerned with George Horn, George Horn could have been a first team, or he was a first team starter for a long, long time, and he was developing very, very well. And all of a sudden, he's now no, he's done something that he's not getting the game time. He's getting five minutes at the end of the game. He's been on the bench for Scotland, and he's and there's been a couple of games he's not even got on the park with Scotland. And it's as far as and, and then you've got Edinburgh, who have been scratching around for a, a decent scrum half for a long time, and. Glasgow are mine, 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 and and, he, and okay, fair enough. George George wanted to stay at Glasgow, but he's now at a point where he's not getting in the Scotland squad, and he was a prodigious, prodigious talent. And I just feel it's a waste. I'm not saying it's just pointing the finger at Glasgow, pointing the finger at whoever. I just think it's a waste. The SRU could have done something better than this. You know, it's I, not I, necessarily something George has done though. He's he's behind the test lion now. What do you want us to set a test lion on the bench and let George Horn But but having said that, yes. I think this is one. This is, but this is one of the. This is this is one of the. This is one of the problem. Not the problems, but it's one of the kind of the byproducts of the, the the URC now, is that, in previous seasons with the with the Pro Fourteen as it was, the Six Nations is the time where the George Horns, the Adam Hastings got game time, and that was their time to play. They they knew that you know, there would be windows within the season, the autumn tests, Six Nations. 
you're going to be first choice and you're going to get time to develop. The problem now is every game has to be won with the URC because it's much more competitive than it ever was. The games are played outside the international window, so players like George Horn don't get a chance. I think the problem for someone like George Horn is then the choices, like you said, Craig, is the SIU should have done something sooner to um, distribute the scrum half log jam across the two pro teams. I think probably a big reason that didn't happen was Richard Cockrell. Because I and I don't, I don't think I don't think George Horn. I, I think we can all agree George Horn wouldn't have benefited from going to Edinburgh under Richard Cockrell. Having said that, I agree with you. Why? why you know, there there are there's enough scrum halves in Scotland that would just they're just not being used. But as John said, the option probably now is for George Horn that he needs to think about going elsewhere to. to I, th- get I think game as, soon time. As, as soon as Price signs his contract, I think Horn's agent will be. Putting them, putting them elsewhere. I think Glasgow, probably, you're probably right, there has been a little bit of hoarding in that sense, Craig, and I think it's partially Glasgow, partially the players. Yeah, the players have thought, yeah. Absolutely. They do have a say, of course they do, and yeah. I think Cammy's absolutely right. Horn, Horn would not have went to Edinburgh under Cockrell because that would have been, you know, career suicide. But I think everyone in their dog expected Price to leave Glasgow. And the fact that the SRU and Glasgow have managed to retain him, that has put Horn in the position now where he probably does have to move on to further his career if he's ambitious and wants to go and play first team, first rug, uh, first team rugby and get into the Scotland squad. He probably does have to move on now. Mm. Dobby is, for me, clearly the, the, the second choice within the Danny Wilson game plan, whether I agree with that or not, you know, but... Johnny's right, you can't we can't possibly think that just because Horn's got some previous in the bank but doesn't suit the game plan, but we should still give him a game over a test line because it's Horn. You know, it's... But George, a lot of things George, have come together. But George does... You know, I, I agree with you. I think I think George Horn signed, it, signed his contract extension thinking that Ali Price was gone. Yeah, yeah. oh, he did. Um, you know, there's, you know there's, uh, he thought, but That's also, the gamble you take in professional sport and this happens. So. Price is... You know, two years ago, Price had some form, but you wouldn't have said... He was a starting test line. He was, you know, probably one of Scotland's best. We, you know, there was people before the Lions were saying there's no way Ali Price makes it in the squad because he's he's buying average. He's this, he's that. So there, there's that was me. Yeah, there you go. And totally like, what a delicious you, paint it was too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's plenty of debate there, and Horn probably did sign his contract with a view that like, okay, yeah, Price is Price is probably off, or I think I can super, but. Price has kicked on and Horn hasn't. I and think these the guys thing, see them every day. The the within this, I think there's two things going on with this squad that's really interesting. And it's it's a classic Gregor Townsend play. Is one is the sticking two fingers up at Eddie Jones and pulling an English yeah. players <laughs> before the cap. Because Ben White Ben White played for England against the Barbarians. He's not yeah. in a non-cap international. And all of a sudden he's in the Scotland cap. So there's a little bit of that going on. I think the other things is that it's it's a, it's a, a page absolutely out of Gregor Townsend's playbook and he does it every Six Nations and every autumn. It's the first squad that comes out, he drops a couple of big names. and You put George Horn, you put Adam Hastings, you put Ollie Kebble in there and he will have said to them, here's your work-ons. Mm. Now there's no way those players aren't playing at some point over the Six Nations. You, we're not going to get through a tournament without them appearing. But it's a it's a way to send them a message to say, look, we've got depth. I can afford for you not to be in camp to give you some work-ons to go away and do with the threat that you've got to now work hard to come back in. At the same time, the benefit is he gets to pull in some new lads, give them experience of the camp, get to see how well they gel, get them used to the place so that if there is a run of injuries and all our scrum halves kind of fall down with an injury, then Ben White might be a, an option. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that's. I think those two things are going on. I think he can. Af- you can afford to drop Horn, Hastings, and Kebble from the squad because Kebble will come on to in a minute. Maybe not Kebble, but you can afford to drop Horn and Hastings from this squad and send a message to them about their form and maybe some work-ons, and not weaken the squad overall. I I completely agree, Cammy. The one I would heavily disagree with. 
his Hastings form has been fantastic down south. It has, but and I don't want to have this argument again, but Blair Kingholm's form for Edinburgh has been fantastic in Scotland. And I think that's there's and I'm there's the rub because Ross Thompson's form for Glasgow has been pretty decent as well. Yeah. I think the thing is that there's if you know that if he if he knows that Hastings isn't playing in the first get the Calcutta Cup, he's gonna stick hit King on, on the bench. Yeah. It's an opportunity to say to Adam Hastings, look, I know your form's going brilliant down south. I know your attack's great. I want you to work on these things in defence. You need to really fight your way to get back in. It's a rocket up his bum and it, it, it works for some players. It doesn't work for others. I think that's what's happening. I, I, I would definitely go back to what we talked about last week, though, as well. Um, in that um, if you look at Hastings, Finn Russell uh, and Ross Thompson, they will all give you the same game. They are all a, they're all a ten in the same mold. I'm not saying that they're all exactly the same, but they're all in the same mold. Because Blair Kinghorn isn't, and whether you like it or you don't, whether you think he's 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 this or that or the other, he's there now, and he is going to give Tooney an absolute. Well, first of all, he's going to get he's going to cover three three positions, yeah. but also he's going to give him a. a, a, a an ability to either start him or bring him off the bench, which is probably going to be the thing. Um, and he's he's going to change the game completely in a different way. He'll st- okay, he still has the crossfield kicks. I'm not saying they're perfect. He still has the, 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 a similar... He can still play a game plan like Finn Russell, but he also has that, and we've talked about it before, that ability to break the line. Um, and he's and he's a more physical specimen, I would say, than than Finn is. So I think um, it's it's an interesting choice, and um, I, I'm I'm really pleased for Blair Kinghorn. But uh, um, it, it's 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 interesting to hear. I, I, I've I've got to say Hastings is I've scratched my head about Hastings as well because I think just as John said, Hastings' form for Gloucester is absolutely on point at the moment. You know. <coughs> how, how much of this do you think is actually a trauma response to that game down in Twickenham? When not not the one we drew, the one where we got absolutely pummeled and we had like players playing in the wing and stuff. Do you think Townsend is actually traumatised by that and is now picking players that, was, that can cover a hundred positions? That was that was that was Vern though. That was, was that Vern? Mm. It was Vern. It was yeah. Vern Cotter. That because that was a game where I gave everybody zero out of ten, apart from Ali Price. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the bit and and Gordy Reed because Gordy Reed scored a try. He got five out of ten. Ali Price ended up on the wing, so he got five out of ten for playing out of position. Everybody else got zero. I think Stuart Hogg might have got five out of ten for getting injured and going off. I I can't remember. Anyway, it's that was Vern Cotter. I don't I don't think it's that. I just think it's you know rugby's a nutritional game, and I don't know. I think the, the the more depth you can have on the pitch and on the bench, the better. And ultimately, Hastings covers two positions. King Hall, as Craig said, King Hall covers three. They're both in great form, and so he can afford to drop one of them from the squad altogether and send a message of that's what he's decided to do. Maybe if he didn't feel he needed to give somebody the work ons, maybe he would have been in the squad as well, and it wouldn't matter because there's no limit on the size of a squad oh, for the Six that, Nations. That's I don't think. Confusing thing, isn't it? It's like there isn't like a. It's not like a World Cup squad where there's a cap. So I always find it quite strange that we do limit ourselves in that way. But fair enough. The other thing yeah. that Kinghorn brings that you can't really coach anybody else to do is that he's what six foot three and one hundred and fifteen kilos, or six yeah. five, and so and so is Duhan. So if we are finding ourselves in a position where we're getting the ball kicked down our throats and Ali Price and Finn Russell have got to start kicking it back, I don't care how talented a fullback or how talented a winger you are. If two boys that size are jumping in your face on every single high ball, it's hard work, and they'll start to think twice about just hammering it back to us. And, and let's be realistic. I mean, it's not you know that having players of that physical size in the backs isn't something we've we've always had, Craig. It, it, it hasn't been. Um, but then you you know how you have people like Darcy, who's yeah. who's who's five foot nothing or whatever he is, and he's it, but he's got the he's got the uh, the horsepower of Duhan. You know, he's a strong boy in contact. So it's an odd one. Um, but I'll, I. I 
Is it is it the way the game is going that we could you know we talked about this? It must be a, you know, or it's been talked about for a couple of years now that that, that the the boys in the in the backs now are getting bigger and bigger. You've got to look at Nandolo and people like that are playing for Leicester. That that you know you think you actually don't think he's running that fast, but actually when you come to tackle him, he's, he's running plenty fast for you. You know, um, so it's just uh, for Fita's the same. Who's come to Glasgow? You know, he's a big lad, and I think that seems to be the way it's going. And Duhan was, you know, for for Scotland was the first kind of guy that was bringing that sort of physicality and that size. Although Tim Visser, I suppose, was quite tall as well. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, it's not necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily that we've. There's no like you said, Darcy. You'd have no concerns about Darcy's physicality, I suppose. It's just it's a, just a different dimension. And I don't think the game is necessarily going that way because it went that way in the past and it came back the other way eventually because everyone realised just making everybody bigger didn't necessarily mean that it made everybody better. You mean, you mean Frank Cadden's game plan was flawed? <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this blasphemy, Cam? We'll just we'll just like bulk up Sean Lamont until he can't move anymore. <laughs> I think See, this, think... this is the thing though about sorry, Craig, about no, no, carry on, where man. I do hand is that they can shift. Yeah. yeah, like we're not talking about a big slow unit. Like those are quick boys, and. Um, yeah, I, and it's just like, and I get that like making someone bigger isn't always the answer, and and Darcy obviously can could pull out some incredible stuff, but if you are in a game where you're having to kick it down somebody's throat, Darcy doesn't cast a shadow like Blair Kinghorn or Duhan does if they're jumping up for the same ball as you. And actually, I think if you it, it gives space to select Darcy because if you choose Darcy on the wing, then you have to put him up in the defensive line and have somebody else falling back. So it's, you know, you have to look at the bigger picture if you're selecting Darcy on the wing. Yeah, you'll get the physicality, but it's an it's one less player who's going to be able to compete for a hat. I'm not saying he can't jump, but it's just, if he's up against a big lad, he's always going to struggle to get the air and compete. So you end up sacrificing a, one of your back three who could be in the backfield and I'm going to put them up and drop somebody else back, which for Scotland, it's always been Finn. And Russell You've had Finn, Hogg, and hmm. Duan in the back. But it'll be an interesting one as well with 50. This will be a first, <coughs> this will be a first six nations of 50-22. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, which has been working, in my opinion, it's been working quite well. There's, there's a lot more, um, you know, the, if you do ship it wide and you're, you're getting a, a little bit more out of the, out of the, you know, tries are up, if you know what I mean. I think essentially, I like essentially well, essentially that's how we beat England, although the 50-22 rule wasn't in. It was just kick it, we just kept booting it into touching the corner and putting them under pressure on their own line. Yeah. yeah. Let, them, let them exit. It's, it's almost it's almost been a Scotland game plan for a couple of years now that we, we do those kicks in behind and we kind of try to find grass and, and get get them playing from their own territory. And Russell and Hogg in particular have both been, I think we said it at the time, they're both very, very good at that type of kick. So it has suited Scotland. So it'll be interesting to see if it is something that really benefits us and if we end up beating Ireland with that I'm sure it'll get changed. Yeah. <laughs> um the centers we've we haven't talked about the centers. Um Cameron Redpath is back. Now we talked about Flyer Halfs interestingly he played 10 for Bath at the weekend. Yeah. So there is an element of um do you know is is that the backup 10? And again, you can afford to drop Hastings because you've got potentially got someone. I mean, it's an absolute break crash in case of emergency situation, but he's he's done it in European rugby. He might be a better option than Stuart Hogg. If it I comes mean, yeah, to it. He, abs- he absolutely is, yes. But <laughs> yeah. let's, let's not. I'm not talking about starting him, but I suppose it, it's more, it comes back to, I suppose, John, the, the flexibility you've got. You know, Sione Tiapalota, we know, can play 12 and 13. I think Rory Hutchison was touted as a possible, could step in at 10 if needed be. Similar with Cameron Redpath. And Cameron Redpath has played 12 and 13 as well. Yep. Um, Harris can play 12, 13 and wing. Um, so, again, it's it's flexibility. And Mark Bennett back in as well, which, you know. Yeah, Mark Bennett can cover the wing as well, with uh, which he has done in the past. So, yeah, I, I yeah. 
I think some uh, it might have been yourself actually that said or Rory that said it's the it's the squad of the versatility player, uh, particularly in the backs. And I think I think that's fair. Like most, if not all, aside from your scrum halves, I think everyone can play a secondary position. At least at least one. And yeah, with your centers, you're probably saying you know you can you can kind of mix and match, but. Uh, <sighs> I, my concern with this is, right, so you think about the great, great players over the years, right? And think about, even from a Scotland perspective, think about players who, let's say, in the backs, make the jersey their own and it's almost they're synonymous with the number that they're wearing. They, they don't have necessarily, they don't move about all that much. Yes, it's an in case of emergency thing. This versatility thing is cool and I think, you know, it might be the way that we go, but I think there is an there's an argument to be said. You know, 10, 12, 13, know, know who, who's playing those positions and only those positions. And let's not necessarily worry so much about flexibility. Jack, well, well, it, Jack, Jack of all trades, master of none. Townsend played 10 and 12 and 13, I think, for Scotland. Yeah, but, it was, but he's definitely remembered as a 10. Yeah. How do you explain Bowden Barrett then? Bowden Barrett is, and I don't explain Bowden Barrett, he is from another <laughs> planet. He is an anomaly of epic... Pro- I'm not saying that players shouldn't be able to play multiple positions. I just think from our perspective, I think there is key positions that we could nail down people and make... They could make the position their own and not. we don't need to worry so much about this flexibility. Have it on the bench, yeah. Ha- uh, so... This will shock Craig, but have ha, Blair Kinghorn, perfect, yeah. Have him there. Throw him in at 13 as well. Let's see if he can run there. Like, he, he could be the ultimate utility back. Could play everywhere bar nine. That would be perfect. But well, I just think I suppose there is, there is there is something. Well, there is something. And, a, you know, a stop clock is right twice a day, isn't it, Craig? You know, Eddie Jones says that I, I do think that to a certain extent, positions are becoming more irrelevant in rugby because it's about the system that the team wants to play and finding players with the capability and the skills and the intelligence to do what the coaches are asking of them and to adapt accordingly to what's in front of them. So you don't you, you don't need centres or fly halves or scrum halves. I mean, some of those will be special positions, but generally what you need is players that will come in and be clever enough to do what the coach is asking them to do and be able to adapt. Yeah, um, my my only issue is that uh, at ten, I, I, all if you look at all the best tens in the world, they control the game. They know the they they, they know the game plan. Whether Finn Russell likes the game plan or doesn't like the game plan, he knows the game plan. He can change a game. All the tens can change a game, uh, apart from Owen Farrell. Um, but. Well, you can, as, it depends. You can get a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, and you, you can change a game by making it even more boring. Um, but uh, I think, I think for me, it's a ten. Is we always talk about the link players, eight, nine, and ten. Those are the three players that are the sort of the conduit of where the game comes from. Um, and I think ten. Um, you know, you look at the greats that are out there. They, they, they move the players around the park. To suit the game plan, and I think, I think the worry. I understand John's worry about you know if we start saying right, well Blair Kinghorn is going to play all these different positions. Does he know enough? Don't know enough about the game plan to be able to say a, a you know a hundred cap player that's outside him to say you need to. But then, I actually think that Blair Kinghorn, over the next year or the next season, you're going to find him more and more just being Edinburgh's ten. So I think actually he'll probably find that he will be a ten that can play fullback and can play wing, rather than being a fullback who can play ten like a hoggy. So I think I think that's looking at the looking at the, the makeup of the of the um, uh, of the squad. I think that's where it's come from. And Blair, both Mike Blair and and um, uh, Tooney. Have worked on Blair Kinghorn. I've both said that Blair Kinghorn is going to be a fantastic ten. So, you know, I think that's where we are. I don't think it's it, yeah, he's a great utility player, but I think he's actually been brought in as a backup ten and can also play these other positions. 
Put it that's Hill in the Edinburgh sign, sorry, the Edinburgh sign three outside backs in the summer. Yeah. 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 What's your take on this? Michael on YouTube said, uh, Johnny says, flexibility total rugby. Tony's been at the Johan Cruyff again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the flexibility is important if we're, if we're still doing the we're going to be the fastest team in the world. Which Espe- especially in the back line, because the way to be fast is to always have a distributor. So if that is Blair Kinghorn is played at 15 and he comes in as a second distributor, if you know, Finn runs a phase and then we've got somebody else who's ready to take another one. But if we're not doing that, I think John's probably right that actually it would be nice to know who plays in what position. I, th- I think the point I was going to make with regards to, so think about the, the great success story of Scottish rugby in the last couple of years is Chris Harris, right? If Chris Harris was consistently getting shunted to wing or 12, he would not have been a British and Irish line. He would not be this. He would not be nailed down in that thirteen shirt. There is no way he would have been able to to get that consistency of performance and really build in the shirt. But, but I, I suppose the the versatility is a. Uh, it's 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 to plug a gap where it's needed, isn't it? It's not. We're not. So so it's great to have that. You need it from the bench. I think you. I think all. Do you look at the first choice? players in every position they're nailed on at their positions and I would agree with Craig I think the Blacking Hans a 10 now he's a 10 who can play 15 I think that's probably the, that's the way that Ember seemed to view him I think it's the way that he's been viewed although everyone's naming him is in the back three I think that's you look at the Scotland squad and that you know he's, he's named as a fly he's a fly half really they haven't categorized him like that but I, there aren't I, any I, other fly halves so. no exactly so, well, so exactly. he must be the 10 <laughs> if, 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 if that squad announcement had come out as by position, Blair Kinghorn would have been listed under fly half. So I don't. I think the the you're right, John. You shouldn't lose your best players at the cost of versatility. But at the same time, you could say your best players all have that versatility. The best players in the world have that versatility. Finn Russell's got the versatility; he can play twelve. So yes, I think you're absolutely right. You want it, your best players playing in the best positions that suit the system. And that shouldn't be the cost. But I don't think, and we'll probably talk about the forwards in a minute, aside from one player, I don't think anybody has been cut at the expense of, well, this guy's more versatile. Although the they might be a lesser forward. player. Been left out. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. We're going to come on to that, Johnny. I did. <laughs> I'm so angry about it. I can't wait to get it. I, 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 I agree to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think there is an argument for Townsend's clearly thinking World Cup and yeah. he's clearly thinking yeah, yeah. 33 limit and that's fine, that's fine and do you know what, Six Nations battering, my concern is that so think about Glasgow at the weekend one substitution moved five people in the backs so with versatility can sometimes come ab Absolute stupidity. I see. With great, with great versatility comes great responsibility. With great versatility <laughs> comes great ridiculousness. Sometimes, um, so like, yes, Kinghorn's a ten who can play elsewhere now, and that's fine, right? Let's let's agree that. Let's park that. That's cool. I just don't really think we need to be getting into a situation where, right? So think we're winning against England at seventy minutes. Uh, do you blink Blair? Kinghorn, does he come on at 10 and you move Russell to 12? And let's say you've got Redpath on at 12, so you move him to 13. Um, and then we move Harris to the wing. And, you know, it, it can get... But that's, that would be that. I don't I don't see Gregor Townsend doing that. I don't think he would... I don't Unless he had to. I think that's... It's, so that's then you're a, that was a massive coaching. It's a massive coaching error from Glasgow at the weekend to make one change that shifts that many players. It what is. you would do is you would, you, you'd, you take realistically in that situation, you're taking red path off, putting Kinghorn on and shifting Finn to 12 as a sub, as one sub. You're not, unless you've got an injury, you're not then shifting Harris or shifting other people around them. That's, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because it's Gregor Townsend, but that's, Fairly so, so, so what you're saying is it's Danny Wilson's fault. Yeah, it's Danny Wilson. What I would say though, which is interesting, is um with Stuart Hogg, 
who's the captain. Now, there was a bit of a um, to-do on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It has to be said with former internationals and Stuart Hogg, and Stuart Hogg obviously feels that he has been slighted by Glasgow fans when he came up to Glasgow the other week and was somehow abused. And um, I think it's... I don't. I, I'd be interested to see how that sits as Scotland captain going into the camp, and I do still wor- worry and wonder that we were talking about fifteen coming in as second distributor. When Scotland play well, Hogg comes in at second distributor and he actually passes the ball. When Scotland are on the back foot, Stuart Hogg runs into traffic consistently and gets isolated and gets turned over. So. I don't know. I still have my doubts about Stuart Hogg as captain, Johnny. And I know, I know you're in the fullback club. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, especially yeah, especially with this this week and like I know we talked about this yesterday, and I don't have a problem with this with him celebrating like Exeter's his team. When he like actually when he scores, I don't have a problem with him celebrating. Him being basically in the stand when O'Flaherty scored, I was a bit like mm, we're maybe taking that a little bit too far. Um. He's obviously a man who wants the rumours about him coming back to Glasgow to go away, and that's why he was celebrating so much. <laughs> that's like, but at what? But at what cost? <laughs> and I think no, exactly like you said as well. My my main bugbear with Stuart Hogg, particularly over the last year to eighteen months or so, is that in fact it's basically since Duhan became Scots qualified, is that Hogg will take it as a second distributor, and then he he will run into traffic, and I'm like, look. Six feet that way. Look at you. Look at Duhan van der Merwe. Who do you think should be the one who's taken it into contact? I'll give you a hint. It's not you. Yeah. Shall we talk about the forwards? We've talked a lot about backs, Craig. I feel like we're neglecting the forwards. This, the, the... Um, I think there's, there's only really, I think there's only really, apart from uh, the housewife's favourite being left um, left at home, uh, Dave Cherry isn't, isn't in there. I think there's only really one major talking point, really. Um, uh, and that is uh, um, the 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 real Slim Shady, um, not being uh, not being um, part of the squad, which is is an odd one because unless they're trying to develop. Now I don't know whether it's Javan or Yavan, but um, uh, Yavan Savic. I thought it was Javan, but I may be wrong with Javan, that. Javan is it? Maybe okay. Um, unless they're trying to develop him because he's a younger player, um, I don't see. Because because Kemble can cover both sides, um, and so you know if we're talking about Blair Kinghorn being able to cover three positions, you want your um, you want your, your your prop to you know you want a prop that can sit on the bench that will cover both sides. You know, to interject, Sebastian is twenty seven. He is not a younger player. Okay then, right. No, he's just not been good enough yet. <laughs> just, he's a young. He could- He's he just couldn't get a game for air. <laughs> <laughs> game for air. You know, game that, for that's that's where we're at. We're oh. it, it, it's a it's a really questionable one because and 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 you know I'll I'll cross myself and 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 Edinburgh fans. I'm really sorry to say this, but the one I didn't expect to be there was WP Nell. Yeah, mm. because Nell in the loose over the last few months has looped. You know, he's a. His scrummaging's on point. He's absolutely fabulous scrummager, but and that I guess that's why he's there. But um, in in the loose, he's looking tired now, um, and 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 so you know if we were going to bring one, you know, oh, it's an interesting. One. Do, you yeah. think he's, do you think he's there to be a coach on the field in training camp, the same way that Rob Harley was there in autumn? That's a possible shout. Yeah, and that might be why he's um, why he's bringing on Sebastian. You know, that's maybe why he's there to, to coach him. I, I honestly think you'll probably see him um, on the bench for the, the England game because he'll be coming on to destroy the England front row. Um, I hope so because the I, idea of bringing on Sebastian off the bench against England just <laughs> the absolute heebie-jeebies. He didn't. He didn't do badly in the autumn though. He wasn't bad, and that's. And, and, and you've also got to think of um, and his his basic scrummaging was good. Um, and for what we saw of him, he looked fine. I've not seen a lot of I've not seen a lot of him in Scarlets. I've not really watched against, a lot of with the second games, half so. against Japan. He played the second half against Japan, who are, let's face it, not renowned as the Georgia of world rugby when it comes to scrummaging. He came on against South. Did he not come on against no, South Africa? He no. only played against Japan. 
second half against Japan. So to base this guy's international credentials, scrummaging against one of the historically weaker teams in world rugby, scrummaging, it's you know what? Like well, the, the coaches get paid for this. They've seen enough to think that he's got. A there are the, you know there there are Scarlets fans who are by equal parts understand why Scotland have called them up, but are also equally baffled as to why they've done it as well. So it's not. I don't think you know Wales fans aren't sat there laughing about the fact we've called him up. There's a bit of an in joke about it, but I, I think that there is an understanding there that he's he's okay. He's fine. He might be able to do a job for us. I don't think anybody's going to suggest that he's going to be our start in our starting front row. I certainly hope we don't get to that point. But I wonder with Kebble though, Johnny, whether it's the same kind of it's the Hastings thing. It's a look. We can afford to do without you for at least the first game. And this, you know, there's something you that, that Townsend wants him to do that he's not doing, and just saying, look, it's an opportunity to say to me, you need to go and work on it because I can bring other guys in. Yeah, it might, and to be honest, that's the only thing that kind of makes sense because he, like, I think Scotland are kind of in a bit of a place now which we haven't been for a little while where I think there's a bit of a drop-off after our start in front row. Yeah. And actually, I think Cable's kind of in the gap between our start in front row and where the rest of the guys who are currently in the squad are. So it, it strikes me as a really weird one for him not to be in there so that it must be that... But Tooney's kind of said to him, like, go and, go and get better at this. And if you get better at that, then we'll need you in the squad. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you see that, you, 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 well, you know, you've got you've got Sutherland there. You've got you've got two lines props there. Okay, Alexander didn't do a lot on the Lions tour, but um, you know, you've got two Lions props there um, who you would think would start. Um, but uh, with 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 Schumann on the bench, so and and probably WP Nell on the bench. So you know if you if because W WP will give you your you've got your two dedicated um, tight heads and you've got your two dedicated loose heads, and maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe you know maybe Ollie Kebble was a master it was a was a ability. What do they say? It's a well, uh, able to do both, but a ma- Jack Walters master and none, and and uh, yeah. you know, Ollie Kebble was good in the open, op- in the open, but uh, you know, I wasn't fully convinced of him as a prop, but he did a good job. So he did. I, st- I still, I still think though that right. So from a Glasgow perspective, we're looking at Kebble has over the last wee while probably been. Uh, so Jamie Batty's been starting a lot more mm. than Kebble, mm. which. Again, so a lot of Glasgow fans comment on this and say it's actually tactical that we're, we're throwing Batty in and it's almost like, see how you go, son. If you get parity at scrum, great, cool, we'll, we'll go with it. If you get absolutely hidden, then half-time we'll get cable on and we'll stabilise it and we'll go from there. And that seemed to have worked a wee bit. The, this weekend was different, so let's, you know, we'll not <laughs> talk about that. But I think I think, like... Townsend talked in his press conference about rewarding form. Mm. And I think there is an element of Batty has surpassed Cable in the view of Danny Wilson in the last wee while. So you have to reward that. Whether Cable is a better loose head than Batty, I think that's unquestionable, actually. I think he's far better. But there is an element of we need to give people who have been playing better a wee bit of a, a reward for that having said that Scarlet's lost 45-10 at Bordeaux this weekend so <laughs> you know, yeah <laughs> you know I don't yeah it's it's a it's a it's it's a puzzle as to why he's not in there but I think you know we th- there are reasons I think we can speculate about them but it's we'll, we'll time shall will we tell I think I agree with Nell on the, the Patreon Shall we speculate? Shall we? We'll speculate more on the pitch. I think the, the only thing I'd say is, I think with with Nell, I agree with Craig. I think he's he's got it in him to give a good final twenty. Come on and do a job at scrum with twenty minutes to go, and that's you know that's what he's there for. And I think the Six Nations is different from the autumn because you know I think realistically should be expecting to give a good account of ourselves this time round. I'm going to hold myself back from saying the. <laughs> going too far, but I think if you, if it's it's an all or nothing tournament that we're setting out to give a good account of ourselves, then 
playing a 35-year-old prop who can do a job for you better than a younger prop isn't a bad call. It's not developing anybody, but at the same time, this isn't the time for developing people, I guess, Johnny. Yeah. In, in the last 15 minutes of the Calcutta Cup, how much are you expecting your tight head to get around the field anyway? Yeah. yeah. So so if WP could come on and mool on a few scrums, his job's basically done. Sure, there'll be other boys that come on. Yeah. yeah, there'll be other boys that come on that are going to do the carry in and do the hard yards in the last 15 minutes. I don't think that if WP is in the squad for that game, that we're expecting him to make 10 or 15 carries. I think we're expecting him to win a couple of scrum penalties and push them backwards. I personally yeah. Which he can do, and he's probably anyone, the best at it. No one looked at that Scotland squad today and said, WP now, oh, that's a shame. I can't believe he's there. No, I totally agree. He's totally there for a reason. So. Yeah. Anything else for stand up from anybody? Other one again, you know, Fraser Brown's not in there, but you know, you look at the three hookers they've chosen and they're all on form. And it's, I don't know that there's nothing else. You could see Johnny Gray back, but there wasn't really any major apart from you know, Andy Christie. There hasn't really been any major, um. Yeah, so, I mean, in the forward. We've, got, we've got four second rows plus a, a couple of utility four sixes if you count yep. Skinner and that. So, mm. you know, that's probably about right. Cummings and Gray would probably start. Gilchrist's there again. Cool. I mean, Sykes, it, I, has, I, dropped out. Sykes has dropped out, but again, it's not, you know, that he was only in, I think, because it was the autumn test. And it's yeah, about, I would say Hodgson's probably the, like, of those, that pair, Hodgson's the one who's just slightly ahead. Uh, from a mm. Scotland perspective, so yeah, no issues. The back row looks pretty dynamite. Bradbury's yeah. back. Should we talk about Bradbury? Let's talk about Bradbury. Yeah, well, I think the number eight, the number eight by the battle for eight. Let's be honest. You know, putting everything aside, the battle for number eight is going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think it's for me on form. It's Bradbury's to lose. Yeah, but we don't know what's going to. We don't know what you know. We haven't got an insight in the camp. We don't know what. It's happened, but I think Brad Bradbury is the you know it's his shot to have based on form. And we've said before on the podcast when Scotland have played well, Magnus Bradbury's had good games. You look at you know that draw against England, Magnus Bradbury was playing eight. Scotland had a great mm-hmm. game. The you thing I'm gonna say that yeah. um he did. Uh, do you know what? I'm saying it. Uh, Rory Darge, Jamie Ritchie, Magnus Bradbury is currently our best on form back row. Yes, yeah, yeah. So mullet. Yeah. The only thing he's can... he's suffering from the Lions since he came back from the Lions. He's not. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm no. thoroughly unimpressed with people not talking about why is Jack Dempsey not there. <laughs> <laughs> he's got another six months yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the Dempsey lovers are well aware that he qualifies in the summer, mate. Don't you worry. I've got it marked on my calendar. Yeah, the yeah, only um, the only thing. I mean, this happened to Mish before. Well, he lost a bit of form and then he got injured. And do you remember that it was that Wales game he came Off back into? Yeah, and, and, and basically in a half, a, you know, one half of rugby, he managed to get to the top of the players' bit. You know, players beaten charts yeah he i think um wales had it was something like 12 broken tackles all tournament and seven of them were mesh in 25 minutes yeah, yeah. and that's and I, I think i i honestly i i i'd like to see darge getting his cap um i'd like to see how he's going to perform on the international stage you might find, I think there's just been a comment as well um, from, I don't know how to say his name, Mosh 10 or whatever he's uh, has, has said that he doesn't think that um, Dar- well, would Darts go ahead of Watson against England? And I've, you'll probably find out that Watson will start against England. I, I can um, see it both. I can see it both ways. I can see, you know, sticking Hamish Watson or giving his lo- a bit of loss of form. And he'd be up against Tom Curry with a point to prove. You could get a reaction from Hamish Watson. We could see him back on form. Having said that, you know it's not. We we all looked on in horror when Gregor Townsend named Cameron Redpath at twelve yeah. against England in the Calcutta mm. Cup. And thought, what what is what the hell is he doing? And you know Scotland won for you know away to England for the first time in thirty odd years. 
So in a game that was otherwise pretty miserable at the weekend, Rory Darge made Sam Simmons' life an absolute nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right, Cammy. The the big it's interesting because obviously you quite often see these players and you think, well, they are nailed on for that position, or you know, they're 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 this or that. These guys are going on like Rory Darge is going into the Scotland camp believing that he could be the starting seven for Scotland on form. Yeah. Like and yeah. the Scotland coaches will know that. And there will be no doubt. Like if Mish and it's great for someone like Hamish Watson, who probably hasn't had, let's be honest, he hasn't had much competition over the last four or five years on a Scotland shirt. It's amazing for him to then have to raise his level at not not the last gasps of his career but you know he's further on in his career and to have that challenge to have to raise your game again is brilliant I think that's one thing Gregor Townsend has done and you know sometimes utterly terrifyingly done and it hasn't always come off but I think the fact that he does he will give completely untested throw completely untested players in at the deep end at the biggest to see you know to see what happens does put a rocket up other you know, the incumbents players that I don't think you get that with England, for example. Do you know, England's you know, there's a lot of players in England probably thinking, Oh, my place is pretty secure in England. I'm gonna to have to, you know, Billy Paul, Billy Vunapola had to do a lot to lose his place in the you know, he's had to put on a lot of weight and get pretty bad before <laughs> Eddie Jones has finally dropped him. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think that's one of the positive things in this is that you know. Any every position is kind of there's some I think we know more than others, but most positions are up for grabs. Yeah. Um, that's it for the squad for the moment. Um, we'll obviously we'll come back to it as as the Six Nations goes on. Uh, before we go, Johnny, you've been collating the results from Doddy Aid. Um, so yes, shall we do it? We'll no, do it. So let's not for people that um you know might have just come to the pod today. Um, Doddy Aid, it's Doddy Gump. So everyone's just trying to do as many miles, walking, cycling, skiing, running, whatever, riding on a horse, apparently. Um, not driving in your car, which is shocking. We'll get. Um... I, was, I was gutted by that. That's ridiculous. I'd be I can see how quickly he's changed his tune about skiing, by the way. Because skiing was a no well, last week until, come until someone this. from the South came on and right, said, right, right. Look, Listen, listen, people from the borders need to get to work. And sometimes the weather's inclement, Johnny. Right? Riding, riding a horse is the OG version of driving a car. So driving a car should be fine. Yeah. Anyway, so Doddy Gump, you can sign, still sign up to it. It's just doing as many miles as you can for Doddy. Sign up, you have to pay £20. You get, a, you get a lovely snood depending on the district you sign up to. So we've set up our own league within that. Um, and um, at the minute, Ian, Ian McGill, absolutely like racing away with 400 miles done. Um, which is just you know utterly phenomenal. Uh, but when we yeah, when nobody we likes to show off the way. Yeah, totally. when we break it down, <laughs> like to show off. I'm gonna. I was gonna say actually, and if anyone wants to try and take that crown for me and, and step it up, I'm willing to put up for grabs a uh, an official Scottish rugby podcast mug Woo! for the for the person that does the most Ooh. miles in our league. So there's that. So are so you he, seeing the person who does the most miles, but not Ian? No, it could be Ian. Ian could win, <laughs> right, okay. Ian could win the Ian it could win the like mug. you were challenging people to beat him, but you weren't going to reward Ian. No, Ian could. <laughs> I, well, you could if, if you want a mug, you're going to have to beat Ian. So he's got a lot of ca- second and third. I've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, I did. I've had a couple of people sign up to the south to join me because we were doing quite badly. Um, shout out to Ross Galloway who said he's been doing his miles in the queue for Greg's. That's exactly the kind of contribution <laughs> I'd expect. <laughs> From people from the south of Scotland, um, Johnny, how 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 do things stand? Okay, so we we're creeping up. We're now at about twenty seven of about forty five in our leagues. So we're up to about two thirds. I'm still waiting for a few people to tell me. But at the moment, Barbarians are still sadly winning. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph from Rock and Roll, who is our de facto Barbarians captain, is miles behind the rest of his team. But they've got eight hundred. <laughs> 867.5 miles. North of Midlands, shh, shh, we're next. 633.9 miles. A big push for Craig this week. So Craig's up at 553.9 for Edinburgh. The, uh, the South are up to uh, 267 for you, Cammy. Right. Uh, and right down at the bottom, 116.5. So a clear 150 miles behind any other district, Mr. Anderson in the Glasgow district. Yes. So, h- however, you've done 50. <laughs> you've done over 50 percent of those miles over, on yeah, your own. Exactly. 
absolutely busting myself here, guys. <laughs> to be fair, of the of the captains of the districts, uh, John is the only one of us who's leading his district, and he is also top of of our group. It would not be hard to be leading my district right now, and yes, I am top of the group. So that's what's actually important here, guys. <laughs> I love this yeah. though. Ian, Ian McGilp's uh, actual message to say, I'm happy to forgo the mug to whoever's second if we can call it the McGilp Cup. That is a beautiful <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to do it every year for the we'll have the McGilp Cup every year. <laughs> yeah, every, as You've got to send it to the winner, but you're not allowed to wash it. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a, it's a coffee stained mug. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So there you go. So do if you if you're on um Doddy Aid and you're not signed up to Ollie, get get involved. And if you contact Johnny um through um his DMs on Twitter. So what, what's your Twitter again, Johnny, for everyone? Uh, it is uh, Johnny Forms, J O N N Y Forms. It's yep. on Twitter. You can find so Johnny. Share, D- let me know what district you are. Yeah, if you do, if you can't find Johnny. You send me a message on uh, Patreon if you're Patreon or or um, at Scott Rugby Pod. Um, I'll pass it on to Johnny and he can collate it. But yeah, we're getting towards the end of the month now, so it's you know time for everyone to step up. I'm you know I've no intention of doing that. Pay <laughs> <laughs> for everyone who's not me to step up. If it, you know, look, there's loads of people riding horse. Loads of, horse riding's a big thing in the borders. Like if you ride horses in the border, sign up to Doddy Gump. Get me some miles. I'm still not half of this horse riding. This miles. is ridiculous. Unless you sign the horse up as an, a separate account and pay Look, hey, the horse. All I'm saying is, if we were doing this, if we were doing this during common riding season, right, <laughs> and I could sign up hundreds of riders to this, we'd be away. Right? There's, a, there's a joke about Glasgow here that I'm not going to near. Anyway, okay. Well, on that note, that's it for us for this week for the main podcast. If you're a Patreon listener and you can subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, you get the bonus weekly episode where we do hands in the ruck and we we, we kind of go back over some of the other points um, that we've talked about in the podcast in a bit more detail. We're going to have a bit of a chat about the European games as well this week as well. Um, so if you are watching live, you can hang around for us and, and keep watching if you're on the Patreon. Otherwise, for this week, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John, Johnny and Craig. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.